it, it, it's wonderful to worship with you this morning, and, and today we're beginning a new uh, sermon series, or let's call it a mini-series, just a few weeks, uh, following the book of Hebrews, really the tail end of Hebrews. And in these chapters, these next few weeks, we'll see that the writer gives um, some guiding final words to some new budding Jewish Christians in the midst of a crazy and uncertain world. Now, the book of Hebrews has proved over the years to be a complicated one to provide a label for, to sum up. It's not a story. It's not really a historical account. And it's not really like the other letters and epistles you find in the New Testament. For a while, people thought it was written by Paul. Now, everyone's pretty sure it wasn't written by Paul. Now, personally, I like the way one scholar has summed it up by saying Hebrews is basically a sermon. A very long-winded one, I'll give you that, but a sermon nonetheless. The preacher is speaking to a group of first-century Jewish Christians, that is, uh, Jewish folks who have converted to Christianity. The focus of the sermon is essentially that Jesus is the way, but it's also a pep talk to a people facing persecution who are struggling to find their footing as well as their identity in Christ. So the series um, will be following the, the last uh, little bit of, of Hebrews, um, and it's inspired by the work of another pastor named Jasper Peters, um, so I'm excited for that. But we begin the series today with arguably the best-known words of the book. So friends, I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 11th chapter of Hebrews, beginning with the 29th verse. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, one strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign enemies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. They were stoned to death. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, they, they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. You know, in our Presbyterian tradition, we typically don't make a very big deal of the saints, like our brothers and sisters in the Catholic and Episcopalian and Orthodox traditions do, among others. When we say saint, we mean everyone in the church who, having lived this life and faith, now lives eternally with God. Now, our friends in the Catholic, Orthodox, and Episcopalian traditions venerate particular people for their extraordinary lives of faith and faithfulness. Now, while I obviously prefer our way of understanding saints, I have to admit that many of the saints from these traditions have truly wonderful stories and live truly remarkable lives. And together, these revered folks create a sense of comfort and protection for our, our Christian brothers and sisters from these traditions. Many of us know of the works of generosity of the Saint, of Saint uh, Nicholas or the care for animals that Saint Francis is known for or of St. Patrick's removal of snakes from Ireland, as well as his uh, bringing of Christianity to, to uh, uh, Ireland. In doing a little research this week, I learned that there's a patron saint for just about anything. If you Google it, uh, patron saint for you name it, there's, there is one. Uh, there's a patron saint for comedy, for video games, there's even a patron saint for procrastinators <laughs> named Saint Expeditus. <laughs> a fourth century Roman centurion who took, who, um, who uh, upon uh, thinking of, of converting to Christianity was consulted by a bird who told him not to and he decided to anyways. The best part is that St. Expeditus's feast day is on April 19th, ironically, a few days after the tax filing deadline in the United States. <laughs> I promise just one more. There's even a patron saint for fools. Simeon the Holy Fool. St. Simeon, I should say, the Holy Fool, because we all feel just a little foolish from time to time, right? So why am I talking about foolishness and chocolate and procrastination and video games? I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I should be looking to St. Simeon today. But there's a reason I wanted to talk briefly about saints. We don't pray to saints like our friends in these traditions do, but we can look to their faithfulness to strengthen us on our faith journey. We can look to the faithfulness of all of the saints, all of the faithful um, in our own lives of faith. In our reading this morning, the author of Hebrews, who I'll refer to simply as the preacher, because the whole book really sounds like a sermon, uh, the preacher hopes that the faithfulness of our ancestors, of the saints, will embolden these new believers, and perhaps us as well, in a new, crazy, uncertain world. Just before our reading, the writer of Hebrews speaks of faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. He goes on to reflect how our ancestors have lived by faith and what that looks like with these particular folks. Francis Taylor Gench was my New Testament professor and spoke here as one of our Lindsay lecturers a couple years ago. She describes this part of Hebrews as the parade of faith. 
It's important to note here that for the preacher of Hebrews, faith, though, is not so much an esoteric idea or some deep philosophical notion. No, faith for the preacher of Hebrews looks more like faithfulness. Gensch says it speaks of faith as active in obedience. It is that characteristic of the Christian life that enables one both to persevere and to step out into the unknown with courage, to live in a risky and vigorous way. The actual, it's the actual practice of faith, friends, rather than the idea of faith. What faith looks like when it's embodied and lived out. And the best way to understand this kind of lived-out faithfulness, friends, is from our ancestors, from the superheroes of our faith story. We heard about the faithfulness of, of Enoch and Noah and Abraham uh, in, in uh, Hebrews. The writer goes on to talk about Moses and even Rahab's faith. He mentions Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. David and Samuel, the prophets. Like I said, this guy is a long-winded preacher. But he goes on to explain how all these faithful folks still are but a glimpse of the ultimate faithfulness of God that we know in Jesus, who is the very pioneer and perfecter of our faith. But this parade of faithful ancestors isn't just decoration. These fine folks function like the well-known image goes, a cloud, a cloud of witnesses encouraging us and giving us strength to continue on in our journey of faith. When I was a senior in high school, I was humbled and honored to be picked by my tennis teammates to be the team captain. Yet this feeling of honor soon gave way to worry and doubt. The previous team captain who graduated the year before was so great at it. He had this ability to cheer everyone up, to make us laugh, and help us improve all of our games while having fun at the same time. I didn't think I could do any of those things. How could I possibly live up to this? I'll be honest with you, friends. I adopted a mindset of fake it till you make it. And while I surely didn't measure up to this guy, I think it went okay. And why? Because as I took the helm as captain, I leaned on my predecessor's strong example. He had both taught me how to be a captain, but also gave me the confidence to do things my own way. His example set the, the foundation for me to step into the role and do it myself as well. And friends, I think the cloud of witnesses works in a very similar sort of way for us. It provides us with a covering, a protection of sorts, to guide and strengthen us when the going gets tough in the life of faith. Just as a cloud creates a sense of covering for us, providing shade and shelter from the hot sun, so does this collective cloud of witnesses provide a sense of covering and comfort for us as we seek together to live out the Christian life. Gensch describes this cloud of witnesses as if we're all together in a relay race. We're running, we're trying to live the life of faith, but like so many, we get tired. Just as we're about to give up, though, we notice the encouraging cheering from the stands. In 
And who are the folks watching us and cheering us on? It's all the faithful folks who have come before us, finished their leg of the race, and who are now cheering us on. Their witness, their example empowers us to live this life of faith rooted in Jesus the Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We can look to the faithfulness of the giants of faith who have gone before us. From the faithful resistance of Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the face of Nazi fascism, or of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speaking up for out of love and inclusivity. We can look to the countless missionaries who face imprisonment and violence all to share God's love and the gospel of Jesus. But friends, we don't need to look only to the well-known heroes of faith for this kind of cloud cover, this kind of assurance and protection. We have plenty of saints from our own community whose faithfulness can give us strength and comfort for our journey ahead. This summer, the General Assembly of our denomination passed a resolution requiring each church to submit a list every year of members of our congregation who have died, but whose service to the community is to be honored and noted. This list will then be read at a meeting of the Presbytery and along with the and included in our, our official minutes. And it'll be read alongside the names of pastors and elders of every church who have died and entered the church triumphant. I know I went into a little bit of geeky Presbyterian polity stuff, but I wanted to share why I personally love this. Because this little action reminds us each year of the strong witness of those who have gone before us. The cloud of witnesses who are now in the stands cheering us on in the race we call the Christian life. Now, friends, we can celebrate the saints of our congregation. And I think particularly of, of a recent saint of our congregation, Catherine Cox with our denomination, her, her, her love and faithfulness was, have been um, known by so many within our congregation from all the years of her life and time in this congregation, from her leadership with the Crafty Ladies, with her role with uh, the, the formation and strengthening of our preschool, and far, far beyond. Now we can share her witness, the love and faithfulness she shared with us with the wider church. And that can be celebrated. And we can celebrate the saints of all the other congregations, um, I, all the other folks, um, and learn and be guided and find that covering, that protection from their example, their love and their strength. Friends, may the faithfulness of these saints, both here within our congregation our community, all the congregations around the world and of all times. May uh, these saints continue to provide us with cloud cover that we might boldly live out our faith together in these crazy and uncertain times. May they strengthen us, may they embolden us to step out in faith, always looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen.